What's up, Being Lighting Church? Thank you for joining us for today's message on podcast. We pray it blesses you and causes a shift inside of you. Stay tuned for the word. We love you. Glory to God, church. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in God's presence. Oh, sorry, don't, before we sit. Sorry, uh, I forgot. I almost forgot. Um, join me in opening your Bible to the book of Matthew, book of Matthew and uh, 27th chapter, Matthew 27, read from the first verse through to the, uh, let's say ninth, alright? Are we there? It says, um, early in the morning, all the, sorry, um, production, I give you guys um, message translation, but don't worry, it'll be useful, person. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to, say, how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, this is verse 3, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, but I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. Verse 6, the chief priest picked up the coins and said, It is against the Lord to put this into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field, as the, as the Lord commanded me. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. So, Father God, we trust the Lord you would teach us. You would open our eyes, God. You would um, bless our hearts. And you would bring the peace that um, your, 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 your word and your truth provides. And the the restoration and the, the deliverance God all that he brings God all that you have for us God I can't start to list and mention all that you have for us Father God you will bring today in the name of Jesus amen, amen and amen. amen you may be seated in God's presence glory to God amen Oof, thank God for today it's been a it's been a wonderful service so far thank God for worship really beautiful things happen the worship if you missed it um before before i go into my sermon today i feel like it's quite expedient for me to say one or two things um as the um lead pastor of the enlightened church there are a couple of things that i have seen i have witnessed to and i have experienced that i am um, Honestly, wish I could come and share with y'all everything in details, but I can't because I'm not allowed to and because it's not appropriate. But um, I just want y'all to know that first of all, because of my position as lead pastor or whatever, I get to like stand in the front and see how it happens. No, see it happen. Probably even see how it happens. Uh, I'm, and I'm talking about everything that has been going on uh nothing bad of course of course nothing bad is going on but you know i i i see and i i, I hear and i know right and uh 
it's expedient that I that I speak now because in, in the midst of all of the the mental chaos going on and the um, the doubts that might may or may not spring forth out of um, seasons like this, it's it's essential that we um, we set we set um, the right thing or the right things in our frame of focus. So when things when we, we keep finding ourselves in seasons like this, we don't lose focus. Amen. Amen. Um, I just want you to know that no matter who comes, no matter who lives, what God is doing in here is bigger than all of that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. No matter who comes, no matter who lives, no matter who talks trash about us, no matter who doesn't see anything. What God is doing here is bigger than all of that. As a matter of fact, I am bold enough and confident enough to say that what God is doing in the Lion Church is bigger than me. All the visions I have for all the crazy ideas I have, they are bigger than me. Like, these are things that I wouldn't naturally feel comfortable with. Like, the vision is so bigger than I am, so why should I allow one person try to, like, to diminish the quality of my vision? Hmm. Amen. Amen. So, um, I, see it, I see it happen, I see everything. And uh, I just want to know that if I'm not able, to, if I'm not permitted to say anything in the future, y'all, will, well, y'all, will, like, you refer back to this thing I'm saying today, that what God is doing here in the Lion Church is bigger than us. Amen. It, it, it exceeds the four walls of this building right now. It, it, it goes far and beyond, right? The only your only job is keep bringing people to church. All right, that's it. Keep inviting people to church. Bring people over to church. You don't know what word God will have for them. Right, just keep bringing butchers, but just know that what God is still going to do is bigger than the person He has brought you bring. Right, everybody that's here right now, what God is doing in this church is bigger than you. Amen. So, my only advice is play your part. All right, play your part in all that God is doing right now. We're starting out small, it's fine. Play your part in what God is doing right now in the church because, in, 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 in a very short while. In very short, I, I, I know for I know what God has, or I don't know exactly intrinsically all that God has for me, or all that God has seen in me. But one thing I know for sure is that I know the thoughts He thinks towards me, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give me a future and a hope. I know that for sure, and for that, that that is certain, right? That God has God thinks positive thoughts towards me, concerning me, and all that He has given and called me into. And so the same thing goes to you. The same thing applies to you. All that God has called you for, called you to, and called you into, God has enough grace for you. Amen. So do not allow any. Do not allow anything that's happening or that's happened or might happen. Try to um to like uh 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 uh, uh um cause you to to be be afraid or to be disturbed or you know. Do, do, do not allow any of these things cause you to be fostered or whatever. Just know one thing for, for sure and for certain. Is that what God is doing in you is bigger than you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Alright, are you ready for the word? Yes. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Alright, so um, we just read from a very interesting passage of the Bible. And I know that, I know that it's not... It's not... um, What's it called? It's not... uh. It's not this yet. Um, it's it's not Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday or whatever. But it's, so it's funny. I'm picking the Bible verse out of out of this. But you know, it's so crazy. It's so crazy what God can do, right? Um, some weeks ago, I was literally crying to God, like, God, how would you give me only like four verses to preach out of? In Leviticus, like, we spoke about that three weeks ago. I mean, two no, three weeks ago already. I was like, God, I 
can I just have like three verses? I mean, God, this is like, how will I preach from three verses? But especially not from any any romantic book in the Bible, from Leviticus. Whoa, God, can you give me something better? And he didn't. I went with that, and it was a very wonderful sermon. Then last week, I preached another one, and I had almost a whole chapter. <laughs> almost a whole chapter. And I couldn't even finish it. So I'm like, God, that was too much. That was too much. Amen. But this today is perfect. Amen. Because of what I believe God has eaten in the scripture. Right? Because whenever I study the word of God, I just... Sometimes it's just a phrase in the Bible. It's just one simple phrase in the Bible that just catches my attention. Like, in a whole thing. And, and usually in tiny details. I'm telling you, listen. God abides in, in the tiny places also. Right? God is a great God. He does great and wonderful things. But sometimes he uses mundane, simple things. Simple phrases. Right? Sometimes you can, in all the sermon I can preach, you probably, I, I preach for 40 something minutes or probably even an hour plus, and you don't hear anything. But only one word, probably, only one sentence, probably, is, is all that you need. Right? So that one phrase, you just feel the Spirit of God sitting on it, and your heart just, your heart just kind of bears witness to that word. Your, your heart just kind of confirms it, and you just claim it to yourself. Right? You just be like, I don't care who else is here, but this word right there is for me. Amen. Amen. And that's it. And that's kind of how it is. The passage that we read just, just now. Um, it's a very wonderful passage. We spoke about, we, 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 we learned about um, Judas. We just read about Judas, rather. Um, Y'all know Judas? If you've never heard of Judas, you must have seen the movie Judas and Black Desire. Um, this is the real Judas. The one who betrayed Jesus. And uh, he's known as Judas the Betrayer. Because he, uh, he betrayed Jesus. He sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Not even gold, for crying out loud. He sold Jesus that cheap. 30, not, not even 90 pieces, actually. 30 pieces of silver. And I don't know what that is equivalent for. I'm sorry, I didn't check. But like in our currency, this age and time. All I know is that that is cheap. Right? For the savior of the entire world. Sold for just 30 pieces of silver. But now the crazy thing is... Uh, Jesus chose Judas, right? So, um, did Jesus not know that Judas would betray him? Okay, okay, okay. When Jesus was, when Jesus was, oh, sorry, when Jesus was selecting disciples, selected Peter, selected Andrew, selected John, the beloved, the one who says, the one who calls himself in his, in his uh, gospel, the one whom Jesus loved, he selected so many wonderful people right selected james selected nathaniel selected so many people and then he selected one random dude selected judas and the same judas betrayed jesus but the crazy thing is did jesus not know of course jesus knew of course jesus knew that judas was going to betray him he knew from the very beginning but the crazy thing was that I discovered was when I was reading my Bible, my Bible says Jesus chose disciples. Including, when Jesus was choosing, choosing his followers, he chose disciples, including Judas. He called Judas a disciple. Not, it was never recorded that Jesus, Jesus chose a betrayer. It was recorded that Jesus chose a disciple. And much later, we find this same disciple who was turned into a betrayer. So how did Jesus go from Judas go from Disciple to betrayer. Amen. Amen. So the crazy uh, thing is, 
But Jesus saw it. Yeah, Jesus still chose him. Jesus saw Judas and what he was capable of doing. Yeah, Jesus still chose him. But some of us, if only we had like a 30 second preview, sorry, 15 second preview of everybody that's coming into our lives. Just when they come, there's a screen above their heads, it just shows, a 15, it shows us a 15, minutes, 15 second preview, or trailer rather, of what they would do to us. We would push people away. If we had a 15 second preview, don't, don't come on, y'all don't look at me like that. Y'all don't look at me like, oh, ha, ha, no, that's a lot of passing, I'm so holy, perfect. No. If you had a 15 second preview, if I had a 15 second preview, there's people in my life I probably wouldn't have met. I probably would have, the first time I met them, like, thank you, you're just a very useless person. And the person would be like, why are you insulting me? Trust me, I see what you don't see. <laughs> like, if we had a 15 second preview, we would push people away. Like a trailer. You know, the same way you see trailer for Spider-Man and Fast and Furious, the same way you see trailer for someone who's going to stab you in the back. Like, this person's going to stab you in the back and it's going to take your man. But Jesus, Jesus is not like that. That's why Jesus is different. That guy, that guy is so radical. He saw Judas. As a matter of fact, I was, talking, thinking, I was, I was speaking about 13 second or 15 second trailer. Jesus saw it in the next three years of his journey with the disciples. He saw how he was going ahead. He saw, he saw Judas betraying him long before he ever even met Judas. Jesus, the minute Jesus had a, Jesus had a choice to not meet Judas. But still, he chose him. Not only did he meet him, he chose him. He ate with Judas in the same play. He, 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 he took you of Judas. He chose Judas. He didn't, he didn't push Judas away. He chose him still. He didn't push Judas away. He chose him still. God did not push me away. He chose me still. God did not push me away. He chose me still. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. In case you're having a hard time digesting what I just said. Okay, let me tell y'all. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember this um this dude, y'all look up here. Do you remember this dude in the Bible? Uh very, very interesting character in the Bible. Bible, I don't think the New Testament would have been complete without this guy. Not Paul, not Paul, the other P, Peter. Do you remember that guy? Peter? Yeah. Yeah, um, the Peter that walked in water. So, as a matter of fact, he was the only disciple that walked in water. The only disciple to walk on water, that Peter. Okay, this same Peter. The, 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 I'm talking about this Peter that uh, on, on the day of Pentecost, this dude, the power of the Holy Ghost came upon this dude. Guess what happened? This dude literally stood up and preached a sermon that saved 3,000 people. That same Peter. This same Peter, this guy is, you know, is, Witnessed so many things. This same Peter was the one who met Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 5. And he was fishing. The same Peter that Jesus stepped into his boat. The same Peter that had the great harvest of, of, of fishes that his nets began to break. That same Peter. Yeah. That one that Jesus chose. Yeah, the same Peter that, huh, listen, the same Peter that Jesus told, on this rock I will be my church. Remember that? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That same Peter. Well, that same Peter. Just a couple of hours after Jesus said, "On this rock I'll be my church," and he gets away with nothing against it. So just a few hours after that, Jesus turned to him and said, "Get behind me, sin." That same Peter, when Jesus was arrested, denied Jesus. That same Jesus, in one of Jesus' most crucial and most desperate hours, slept on Jesus. 
that same, that same Peter slept on Jesus. That same Peter slipped Marcus's here. Almost messed up salvation for all of us. That same Peter that could not stop talking was just so, like, so unnecessary. That same Peter, yeah, Jesus chosen. That same Peter, well, still Jesus chosen. The same Peter that took the gospel to the house of Cornelius, the Gentile soldier. The same Peter that took the gospel to the house of Cornelius, yeah, that same Peter. The same one who doubted and started to sink on the water. That same Peter. At his greatest moments and at his lowest point, Jesus saw him. Long before he even stepped into his boat. Jesus did not step into Peter's boat by accident or by happenstance. And neither did Jesus step, in, step into Peter's boat because Peter was perfect. He chose Peter. Jesus still chose Peter. Jesus still chose Peter. The same one that almost messed up salvation plans. Jesus still chose him. Like, God still chose me. Over all my bad characters, all my bad tastes, all my bad habits. God still chose me. Over everything bad in me. God still chose me. God still chose me. Listen, God still chose Judas. That's why the fact that he knew Judas, Judas had a money problem. Jesus could not have Judas could not handle money. And still God, Jesus literally put Judas all the all the money they were earning. He literally put it in the hands of Judas. Listen, if I know someone, if I just get a 15-second preview and I see someone who has that kind of problem with money, I won't even let them come close to the offering basket. Talk more of the church account. But Jesus kept the whole account in Judas' pocket. Wait, why do you think Jesus had to send Peter to go fed? Get the fish and put money out of the coin. Uh, put a coin out of the mouth of the fish. It's because Judas has squandered all the money in the church account. Literally, Judas has squandered squandered all the money in the account. <laughs> but Jesus never went scolding Judas like, "What's the problem, man? Eh? Don't you put money in your mouth?" Never. He still chose Judas, despite the fact that he knew all that Judas would do. He still chose. Judas. And what Pastor we just read earlier, just for the sake of context, I wish I said this earlier. We see, we see um, a couple hours after Judas saw Jesus. He comes back. Uh, okay, here's the thing. So Judas, Judas saw Jesus, but the Bible says he had remorse in his heart when he heard that Jesus was condemned. Why did he have remorse in his heart? And this is one thing we always speak bad about the guy. But the truth is, Judas never quite expected or never quite pictured or figured that the result of his actions would be that Jesus will be killed. Judas, in his mind, crafty mind, thought, you know what, Jesus was just going to sleep away like he has always done, or like he always does with his Pharisees. So it's going to be a win-win for me. I'm just going to get my money and Jesus is going to bounce. All right? That's what, that was Judas' plan. Like, that's all Judas had in his mind. Like, oh, I'm just going to bounce. I'm going to get my money. Jesus is going to walk away. Every man, like every man, is gonna like go home with something. Unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. And the moment he heard it, he was condemned in his spirit, and he felt like I cannot take this money anymore. This money is, although it's still thirty pieces of silver, but kind of he has had it more weight because now this is the price of a man's life, and I cannot bear that guilt 
on my conscience. So he went to meet the Pharisees, the same one who, same ones who they who collaborated with him to arrest Jesus. And then uh, he said, "Listen, man, I can't take this money anymore. The money has brought on it. I can't take it." And then they were like, "Yo, what's our problem with that?" And then he, they didn't want to take it from him. And out of annoyance, I believe he he threw the coin into the temple. I went and hung himself. And um, the Pharisees were like, "Yo, um, this money we can put it in the offering because it's blood money. So you know what we're going to do? We're just going to go take this money and go and buy a field, cause the potter's field." But the thing is, um, in, according to scholars, scholars say that um, the field that was bought was not on the same day when Jesus was crucified. Because they were so busy, they could not handle that. So they had, when Judas came and gave them the money, they probably just kept the money somewhere, waited until everything had died down to go purchase the land with the money. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Now, the beautiful thing about this um this thing we just read was um the land that was bought was called the potter's field so verse 7 of that passage says so they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field actually this potter's field is um it's they, it's it was a place where they where um potters threw the uh, the broken um broken pieces of of the uh, vessels, like broken vessels were thrown into this ground. It was a dumping site, literally. This ground was a dumping site for broken things. So broken uh, um, vases and broken clay works and all that were thrown in the land. And the money that Judas was, uh, money Jesus sold, Judas sold Jesus out for, that's the money he received, the 30 pieces of silver that Judas received, was used in buying this land, the potter's field. Are you listening? This money was used in buying this land. Because this potter's field was, like I said, it was a place where they kept broken things. It was, it, it was the place for broken things. Broken verses were thrown into it. Broken things were thrown into it. Broken things were thrown into it. Whenever uh, a, a, a potter, I guess, finds, breaks a, whatever thing, they throw in pieces of that vessel into that land. And it was called the potter's field. And the beautiful thing about it is when I discovered this, and this is what the Holy Spirit showed me this week, and I pray, I pray it's as revealing. God, I pray this is as revealing and just mind, mind blowing as I received it to these people, God. And it was that not only did Christ's blood pay for our sins, the blood of Christ also bought a land. Not only did Christ's blood pay for all the sins of the world but it also bought a piece of land which is very crazy because it was not just any kind of land it was a land of broken things so god picks interest in broken things god has so much interest in broken things broken things broken minds broken souls broken bodies broken emotions broken families god picks so much interest in broken things because not only did his blood pay for our sins, it also paid for our brokenness. Amen. Not only did Jesus' blood pay for our sins, it paid for our brokenness. And that was the amazing thing about this. We find it as coincidence, but it's not coincidence. Because that land was an empty piece of land. 
And the only thing found on that place or in that place was broken things. Were broken things rather, broken vessels. And so, not only did, did Christ pay for our sins on the cross, He also paid for our brokenness. Amen. Amen. So God has an interest in broken things. Broken minds, broken emotions, broken souls, broken people. God has an interest in broken things. Because even in his death, he allowed for his worth to be reduced massively to only 30 shekels of silver, as the old King James has it. And we see it as a bad thing. And of course, yes, it is a bad thing. The Savior of the entire world, God in human, in human form, reduced in prison to only 30 shekels of silver. And although it is indeed bad, but Christ submitted himself fully as a Savior when he surrendered and sacrificed his worth for not just Jewish sinners alone, but that broken Gentiles could find a home in him. You and I, as broken as we are, we now have a home in Christ because Christ's blood did not just pay for our sins on the cross. It also paid for a broken piece of land. An abandoned piece of land. Christ's blood also paid for both our sins and our brokenness. 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 That piece of land, empty, only filled with broken pieces, broken vessels. And Christ, though dead, and probably even resurrected at the time when this purchase was made, did not just come to, huh, to buy. Because listen, in the in the message translation, he has said that that place was called. It was not bought to be turned into a burial place for homeless people. But my translation, that's the NIV, says um, foreigners, Gentiles, non-Jews. So when Christ, listen, this is, this is mind-blowing also. When Christ died on the cross, he not only died for the Jews. The money that's his worth deemed in the eyes of men and the eyes and hands of people. When he was sold, what he was sold for, 30 pieces of silver, also bought a piece of land filled with broken things so that we Gentiles, broken people, can now have a home in him. Mm. Is this making sense? Yeah. So we broken people, we broken Gentiles, can now have a home in him. So we broken things, broken families, broken souls, broken minds, broken emotions, can I have a home, can I have a home in it? Because Christ did not just die for the sins of the entire world. He also died for broken emotions, broken families, for broken people. That's the title of my sermon, for broken people. Christ died for broken people. That's the title of my sermon this morning, for broken people. For broken people. He not only died for the entire world, but he also died. He also died for broken people. The savior of the entire world sold for a penny's worth. Redeeming the lost became a house for all. Became a house for all. That's a little poem I wrote, and that's the end. The savior of the entire world was sold for a penny's worth. Redeeming all the lost 
became a house in for all. Because listen, listen, right? That graveyard, because that's what that place was bought for. That graveyard was the grave was not a graveyard of the rich. It was not a graveyard of a politician or a celebrity. Hell, even Elon Musk did not own it. Instead, it was a graveyard of forgotten people, ignored and abandoned by the world. A graveyard of, of forgotten people, ignored and abandoned by the world. Christ purchased it at the cost of his own life. And now, because of that which Christ did, now my life has a meaning. Now my life has worth in it. Because before it was just an ordinary piece of land. Filled with brokenness. But now, it's no longer just any kind of land. Because now, because of Christ's purchase, my life now has meaning. And, 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 and I, and, sorry, I now have worth. And the thing is, if I die today, Without Christ, my life is with no meaning. Because I don't want a billion dollar company to my name. Neither do I a million followers on my cause. <laughs> Yet, Christ came for me. He came to redeem me. He came to restore significance. Christ came to restore significance. And even now, I don't have to wait till I earn all of the world. To be significant. Because even with a penny. I mean even with no penny I mean. In my pocket. My worth is greater than all of that. My worth is greater than all of the stars and galaxies combined. Even with no penny in my pocket. My worth is greater than all of the stars and the galaxy combined. Because now I have worth. Because Christ not only purchased all my sins on that cross, Amen. in that field he also purchased all my brokenness. Amen. All my broken parts, broken pieces, broken minds and emotions. He not only came to die for the sins of the world, he also came to die for the broken people. For broken people. For broken people. Yes, you. Broken people. Yes, you broken person. Yes, you broken soul. Christ came to die for you broken person Christ came to die for you broken soul Christ came to die for you because he has God God has keen interest he picks keen interest in broken things he has keen interest for broken things for broken people and whether you like it or not he loves you so much that he didn't, he didn't just die for your sins or pay for your sins on the cross. He also paid for your brokenness. The only reason Christ allowed himself to be sold for that was so that you and I, as undeserving as we are, as broken as we are, we can now have a home in him. Passage we read earlier, Matthew, Matthew 27 spoke of um, Potter's Field, what I'm talking about in the last couple of minutes, Potter's Field. But the thing is, um, 
it's called the potter's field here but in um the in the passion translation actually it's called the potter's field of clay the potter's field of clay so not only were broken pieces found there or the shards of broken parts but also clay and i don't know if it's just me but clay denotes creativity right yeah. clay denotes creation clay denotes creativity denotes creation we make different things from out of out of clay clay denotes creativity denotes creation like earthen vessels yeah remember that earthen vessels go go real quick go to the book of second corinthians i'm sorry i didn't give you guys guys this second corinthians 4 and verse 5. second corinthians 4 5 i love this i love this the message translation has it in a way i love it look at what he says look at what he says it says remember our message is not about ourselves we are proclaiming Jesus Christ, the Master. All we are is messengers, errand runners from Jesus for you. It started when God said, Light up the darkness, let there be light. And our lives filled up with light. Remember, they enlightened. As we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. If you only look at us, you might as well miss the brightness. Now, look at this. This is where I'm closing. I want, I want you all closing in these verses. We carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay of our ordinary lives. In the unadorned clay parts, sorry, of our ordinary lives. That's to, that's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. Listen, this clay vessel, I'm done with the verse, but I want you to listen to this. This is very good, so good. The clay vessel, it's us. We were ordinary clays. <laughs> Ordinary people, ordinary broken people, we looked ordinary. But now, because, listen to this, now because we have a new owner, mm, 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 oh God, they missed it. We were ordinary people, ordinary broken things, ordinary broken pieces. Okay. But now, because we have a new owner, yes. that land was just there lying fallow with broken things in it. But now because of we have a new owner, guess what? We possess in us a new glory that supersedes our understanding. Amen. Our worth is no longer defined or determined by where we have come from. Dysfunctional homes, broken families, broken hearts, broken minds, or even broken pasts. That does not matter anymore. You know why? Because we have a new owner now. Heavens, God, God save your church, God save your church, God save your church. Because I don't know why they're missing this. We were ordinary people, ordinary clay vessels, broken and abandoned in a field of clay. But now because we have a new owner, the real potter, Amen. the one who makes Amen. beauty out of ashes of our past yes. and out of the mess of our present, mm -hmm. we have that new owner now. Yeah. And now we have a new worth and new significance. I don't know if anybody's getting this. If you don't get this, just, just put your hand. Don't worry. I'll, I'll just go over it again. I can start I can start my sermon all over from the start. Just so you understand this. We now have a new owner. Amen. We now have a new owner. Yes. We have this new glory in us. 
unlike that field, listen, unlike that field, we were not bought with silver coins. Mm -hmm. We were purchased by the blood of him who was sold in order to redeem our life. Amen. Come on, give God a five-second praise. Come on. For saving you, for rescuing you, for redeeming you. Yeah, God, a five-second praise. Come on, is that how you praise God? Is that how you praise God for redeeming you? Is that how you praise God for, for redeeming you from... You were just ordinary, ordinary, lame fellow. Ordinary, ordinary pieces. Ordinary vessels, broken. And God redeemed you. Thank you, God, for redeeming us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for redeeming us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's all God does. He redeems. God redeems. That's what He does. An ordinary potter's field. That's not coincidence. It's not coincidence. It's because God has God takes great interest in broken things. He has great interest. Great love for broken things. But often we think we are broken, so what we need to do is run away. Uh-uh. Don't run away. You're broken. Your mind is broken. God says, I know. You're robbed of, you're robbed of your innocence at a young age. God says, I know that. I saw all that. I saw it happen. Listen, you're not perfect. God says, I know. Just like Judas. Christ came to pay for our sins. Suddenly, Judas went and hung himself. But here's the crazy thing, right? Judas, Judas was going to that cross to die, not just for we sinners, but he went up there to die for for Judas too. Yeah. He went there to die for Judas also. If only Judas had just waited for repentance. Listen, he went up there not to just die for the perfect, the elite few, the ones who deserve it. No. The broken people also. Judas the betrayer, right? From disciple to betrayer. We don't know. I don't know my B might stand for. Judas the betrayer, Emmanuel the bad boy, Emmanuel the... I don't know what your B stands for. Maybe bastard even. Christ also came to pay for all of that. I don't know what your B stands for. Broken. Judas the broken. Sarah the broken. I don't know what your name is. Joseph the broken. John the broken. Emmanuel the broken. Christ also came to pay for your sins. Amen. And it doesn't matter how messed up your mind is right now. Listen, Christ came to pay for that also. He came to pay for that also. Amen. That's the beauty in this thing. Amen. He came to pay for that also. Amen. So when he went up on that cross, when he went up on that cross, said it is finished. The job finished. But that land was still born. Where my brokenness laid. Where the Shot the, 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 the pieces of who I used to be laid. Christ came and he purchased it with his blood. Because look, he said, the, the priest said, This is blood money. This is not just any ordinary piece of silver. That's why I could not go into the offering. Because this, this offering is something else, he has more worth. Because this is the price of a man's blood. But he could not buy anything for them. You know what he bought instead? An open field. The potter's field of clay. Where broken vessels lay. Probably should do something on that one of these days. 
the potter's field of clay where broken pieces lay. And he came there and he bought, he bought something. He bought something. That place was a graveyard for garden and abandoned people. But when Christ went there, when Christ when, when the words of Christ deemed on the eyes of men for 30 pieces of silver, went to that land and purchased it. Now we have a home in Christ. Though it was called a burial ground. It was called a burial ground. But here's the thing. We don't have to die <laughs> to, go, to be there. Because the moment we got saved, we got buried in Christ yeah. and resurrected again. Amen. We got buried in Christ. Amen. That's what the land was for. All the brokenness buried. They call that land a, broke, a place for, 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 for a burial ground for foreigners. For hope, actually, a translation calls it for homeless people. People who did not, who did not before have a home in God's kingdom. Yeah. But Christ's blood and his death purchased the place for them. Listen, God has a place for you. Amen. God has a place for you. Amen. He not only died to secure salvation for the world or the elite few, He also died to have a place for you. He purchased a place for you. Your brokenness, He purchased a place for you. God purchased a place for you. So I don't know what it is with you right now. Maybe you also denied Jesus. Listen, I don't know, but I kind of feel like denial is also betrayal. So let's call Peter a betrayer. Let's call him a betrayer for a couple of minutes. Then Peter was also a betrayer then. But even, even with all of that Christ that Peter had done, Christ still redeemed him. Because Peter was broken. He was broken. Christ still redeemed him. As a matter of fact, if you go back to chapter, he said, he says that, when, when Peter, Jesus, Jesus told Peter that, Peter, you will deny me. After the cross crows three times, you would have denied me three times. I don't know, after the cross crows at midnight, rather, you would have denied me three times. And the moment the cock crowed, indeed, Peter had denied Jesus three times. And the Bible says he was broken. That's the word right there. Peter was what? Broken. When he discovered. But here's the beauty in it. Here's the beauty in it. And this is what causes my heart to, to limp for joy. The fact that Peter was broken, like I am broken, like you are broken, like our families are broken. But also Christ purchased the place for us. Mm-hmm. And the same man who denied Jesus yeah. would stand up and lead the church. Would be the first person to preach the gospel of salvation. That would redeem and save 3,000 souls in one service. Not multiple services, no. Not a collation of our son, our yearly whatever thing, no. In one service. 3,000 souls. Listen, that's what happens with broken things. God is the only one. That's why it's a, it's a place of clay. Not only a place of broken things, but a place of clay. Because with clay, even the brokenness can be restored. No matter how shattered it is, it can be fixed and repaired. That's it. That's why it's in a place of clay. Remember, we, are out of, we came out of clay, out of dust. And now that's a place of dust also, a place of clay. Where clay pots, every clay pot comes out of clay, comes out of clay, and now the broken things are thrown back in that land, mm-hmm. because Christ will use the same clay, yeah. the same things that we, that you suffered. Hey, Preach. Christ will use the very same things that you went through, the very same things that broke you in the first place, the very same things that constituted to the problems you have right now, the same things that constituted 
and contributed to your dysfunction. He, was, he said, I will use all of that for my glory. I will use all of that to my glory, to the praise and glory of my name. That's why all that Peter went through, all the, that's why Peter said, listen, we now, do, do you know what he said in 1 Peter 2 9? He says, we are a chosen generation. Yeah. Because he knew that I was not chosen because I deserved it. Exactly. I was broken. I, I messed up countless times. Yeah. And still he chose me. So yeah. I am a chosen generation. I am a, I am a royal priesthood, a, royal a, holy a holy nation, a peculiar people. Peculiar people. That's it. That's it. That's it. Great repair. God, Christ did great repairing. In that potter's field of clay, where broken things lay. The potter's field of clay where broken things lay. Salvation existed on the cross and also purchased a place for us. On your feet and hearts bowed across this place. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, for not only did you hang on that cross to die for our sins, but you also purchased the place for us. And even the porous field of clay where we lay in our brokenness, you have come to restore us and to give us worth. That land was priced for only 30 pieces of silver. Amen. Mm. That land was bought for only 30 pieces of silver. Amen. But also you were sold for 30 pieces of silver. And so your worth, the word of God in human form, deemed by the eyes of men, was used exactly to buy a piece of land so you and I could be saved so you and I could have a place we could call home in Christ Jesus thank you God for we now have a home in you thank you God for we now have a home in you we now have a home in you God we do we do God we do we do we do we do that's what you that's what you do, God. You take our brokenness and you make magic out of it. Yes. Take our brokenness and you make magic out of it. Listen, listen, this is what Christ wants to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is what Christ wants to do. This is what Christ wants to do. He wants to take the brokenness and replace it with beauty. Christ wants to take your brokenness and replace it with beauty. The beast still stands, but no longer for broken, for beauty. No longer for broken, come on. Amen. For beauty. Amen. No longer for broken, Amen. but for beauty. Amen. No longer for broken, but for beauty. The same one who betrayed Jesus, not the one who sold him, talk about the one who denied him. Peter the betrayer. <laughs> now we keep Peter the beloved. That's what happens. Thank you, God. God, I prayed all week, God, that this word will, will, will heal home for all your children, God. God, I waited all week for, for this moment where you would pour out your spirit, God. And where you would tell your children, God, that you have a, you have a place for them. No matter how broken they are, that you, you bought a place for them. 
that you that's just who you are God so good so good so fly that you you will buy a place for us because not only did you hang on that cross to die for our sins you also bought a place for us your blood also bought a piece of land where our brokenness laid and now it has become a home a home a home a home for us the homeless the foreigners <laughs> so crazy that the Pharisees had no idea that they were only playing your game that you would even use the Pharisees to buy a place <laughs> a broken people brokenness thank you God for you as a master potter you craft from clay you repair with clay with our past you would take Amen. from our past you would have beauty Amen. God all that we have gone through was not to destroy us yes. it was to refine us because if he does not kill us he refines us yeah. and we say thank you for the potter's field of clay be exalted Father God be thou magnified your name be praised Holy Spirit Thank you, Holy Spirit, God. Thank you, God. Be exalted, God. In Jesus' name. Hey, this message blessed you in any way. I need you to do a couple of things for me. One, join our online grace community. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Teacher Global. On YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the bell icon to know when we post a video on you. Like this video, comment what spoke to you, what transformed something inside of you. Two, share this message with your friends, your families, even your enemies. Three, pray by giving, and whatever God lays in your heart to give, do so by hitting the link in the description below. Hey, go out, be transformed, and be thou enlightened. God bless you, we love you.